Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good morning, welcome to everyone. Welcome to Acadia Divinity College Chapel. I nearly, nearly forgot where we were there. Welcome to, welcome to Acadia Divinity College Chapel, whether you are joining us in person here in the building or whether you're joining us on Zoom, we welcome you here today. My name is Stuart Blythe. I am a Dean of Chapel here. I'm a member of faculty here. We're pleased to have you with us Today we are going to do something different for which we're really pleased over the last couple of semesters when we've been doing chapel. We settled down into a very tight routine and we did that on purpose because it allowed us to deliver quite easily online when we needed to switch. I mean, we'll, I, I think we will continue to follow that format next semester, but Anna and I were already talking about the fact that we would like chapel to uh, again be able to explore some different things as in the past we had some jazz chapel we had some celtic worship and we have not really in the last couple of years had opportunities to develop that so today is very welcome because it reminds us of some of the experimentation that we've also done in the past and hopefully some of the modeling that we can also do to other people to say here are things that you can do today uh, Catherine Cole will be leading us in terms of introducing a diversity of uh, people who will be taking part in expressing aspects of worship from their own culture. For that reason, the opening prayer that I'm going to give today is in Scots. So if you don't pick it all up, uh, Suzanne and I did have to look up a couple of these words ourselves. <laughs> I would like to say it's because she knew more, more of them than me, to be honest, uh, because for some of them it's because we've not heard them for a while, but I'm sure you'll be able to pick up. The, the prayer itself has the title of Come Gentle Spirit, and the prayer goes as follows. Like till the or the sea on the sand, like till the whispering breeze o'er the land, come, Holy Spirit, Come, like to the dew on the wobby wind, like the gown garts smile with the sun. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Like to the fire it warms the hame, like to the licht of a steady flame. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, free the feather and come, free the sun. Come, thou third of the halion. Come, gentle spirit, come. Amen. Catherine, I hand over to you. Good morning. Uh, I'm Catherine Cole. For those of you who don't know me, I am the manager of recruitment and admissions here, as well as the manager of communications. Um, I would like to start by acknowledging that we are in Mi'kmaqi, the ancestral and unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq people. This territory is covered by the treaties of peace and friendship with Mi'kmaq, Wolastukyig, and Passamaquoddy people, which first signed with the British Crown in 1726. 
The treaties did not deal with surrender of lands and resources, but in fact recognized Mi'kmaq and Wolastikieg title and established the rules for what was going to be an ongoing relationship between nations. Additionally, we would like to acknowledge that within Nova Scotia, people of African ancestry settled and contributed to the building of many formative developments, particularly in the 18th and 19th centuries. This includes the Black Loyalists who fought on the side of Britain during the American War of Independence, the Maroons who fought and never surrendered to the Spanish and British in Jamaica and Southern American Black refugees who fought on the side of the British during the War of 1812. Uh, we do not do this to check off a box, but to be intentional in learning to walk in a good way towards truth and reconciliation with one another. So as Stuart said, today's chapel is going to be a little bit different. Um, I had an idea earlier this semester, which I mentioned to Stuart, and he said, go for it, um, which was not my hope. I hope he, <laughs> I was hoping he would be able to do it, and yet I am here. So <laughs> um, I, I wanted to make sure that we were creating space um, for diversity and for different expressions of worship. Um, our community here is becoming more diverse as we welcome students from other international countries coming here. Um, and we have just as much to learn from them as um, they are learning from being here at ADC. Uh, so I extended an invitation to our students who um, are from, have experienced, or are living in contexts from outside of North America to share in different ways, different languages, and different traditions. So with that, I welcome the Holy Spirit to move and stir as we listen and worship together, celebrating the differences that each of us brings to this space. So the first uh, song that we'll do is Oceans, um, which will be led through video um, by Cedar Muse, who is an indigenous person here. Um, and she will sing some of it in English as well as in the Mi'kmaq language. Si 
Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Lise, and I'm a first-year student of Bachelor of Theology. Um, and Catherine asked me, because I'm from South Africa, to say a few words about my experience of worship in South Africa. Um, I first want to say that it's not much different to what I experience here. Um, however, uh, my first two years of my uh, school uh, education was uh, in a convent. So um, <laughs> that started me off, and then I actually went into Methodist, Baptist, um, evangelical and also uh, I experienced Afrikaans churches in South Africa, um, which are basically just Afrikaans versions of Methodist churches. Um, so today I'm going to be reading two verses in Afrikaans. Um, um, so the first one, if you want to try and follow along, is um, from Psalms 145. And the second one, well, I'll say it when I get there. Okay. Psalms <clears> 145. <throat> Ik wil getuig van die machtige dade, een loflied van David. Ik wil die lof verkondig, mijn God in koning. Ik wil die naam altijd loof. Elke dag wil ik die loof. Ik wil die naam altijd prijs. Die Heere is groot. Alle lof kom hom toe. Zijn grootheid is ondergrondelijk. Geslag na geslag prijs wat ik doen. En vertel van die machtige dade. Van die luister, die heerlijkheid van die majesteit. Ik wil getuig van die machtige daden, zodat so die mensen over die wonderdaden zal praten. Zonder ophou moet hulle die groot goedheid verkondig en oor die reddingsdade jubel. Genadig en barmhartig is die Heere, langmoedig en vol liefde. Die Heere is voor allemaal goed en barmhartig oor alles wat hij geskep het. Allemaal wat dier u geskep is, loof u, Heere, en u trouwe dienaars, prijs u. Hulle vertel van die koninklijke mag en getuig van die groot kracht. Die mensen moet weet van zijn kracht, van zijn koninklijke mag en majesteit. Die koningskap is een koningskap voor alle tijden. Die heerskapij strek oor die geslachten heen. Die Heere helpt allemaal op wat geval het. Hy ondersteun die wat bedruk is. Die oe van allemaal is op u gerig en u gee hulle kos op hulle tijd. Ik maak je aan oop en skenk je guns en oorvloed aan al wat leef. Die Heere is rechtvaardig in al zijn handelingen, getrouw in alles wat hij doet. Die Heere is nabij allemaal wat hem aanroep, allemaal wat hem in oprechtheid aanroep. Aan die wat hem dien, gee hij hulle, gee hij wat hulle vraag, en hoor als hulle om, om hulp roep, en hij reed hulle. Die Heere beskerm allemaal wat hem lief het, maar al die goddeloses verdelg hij. Ik zal die lof van die Heere verkondig. Laat al wat leef, zijn heilige naam, voor altijd prijs. 
And I'm going to read from Luke um, 2, verses 8 to 14. Die skaapwachters en die engele, daar was skaapwachters in daar die omgeving, wat in die oopveld geblei en in die nacht oor hulle skape wachtgehou het. Met een staan daar een engel van die Heere by hulle, en die heerlijkheid van die Heere het rondom hulle geskyn. Hulle het baie groot geskrik. Toe sê die engel vir hulle, moet nie bang wees nie, want kyk, ek bring vir julle een goeie tyding van groot blijdschap wat vir die hele volk bestem is. Vandaag is daar vir julle in die stad van David, die verlosser gebore, Christus die Heere. En dit is vir julle die teken, Julle sal een kynkie vind wat in doeken toegedraai en is en in een krip lee. Skielik was daar saam die engel en menigte engele uit die hemel wat God prijs en sê, Eer aan God in die hoogste hemel en vrede op aarde vir die mense in wie hy een welbehaai het. Thank you. Hello everyone, um, I'm Kelly Hutton and I'm very pleased to be able to um, share with you guys today. I am in the MA in Theology program, um, writing my thesis at the moment, uh, and I'm joining you today from Cochabamba, Bolivia. I am a field staff with Canadian Baptist Ministries, and I've been uh, living here for um, just over nine years now. Um, so I'm very pleased to be able to share with you a little bit about um, worship in this culture that I've grown to um, to really love and, and feel a part of. Um, I'm going to be sharing with you today a song. Uh, it's a Quechua hymn, and uh, one of the verses is uh, translated into Spanish, um, the other in Quechua, and the third I've translated into English um, to, to share kind of with the, the Canadian culture as well. Um, at first, I was thinking I would just find a version of the song um, and share the video, but I wanted to have the different languages, so I ended up um, recording it myself. So apologies, I believe in making a joyful noise to the Lord, but I'm definitely not <laughs> um, a great singer by any means. Um, to share a little bit about um, this hymn, it's a hymn of lament. Um, the Quechua people especially, and the Aymara as well, uh, which are two indigenous groups here in Bolivia, are not afraid of dealing with um, difficult subject matter in, in their songs. Um, many of them have lived very difficult lives, and um, their music and their worship reflects that. Um, and so even though it might sound upbeat and, and happy, it's dealing with, um, with difficult themes. And um, and this hymn is no different. Uh, the music that you will hear um, often is uh, a charango, which is a very small um, kind of 10 string guitar that is um, very common here in, um, in Bolivia. And also you'll hear, hear a lot of accordion music. Um, when missionaries first came to Bolivia, organ music was all the rage, but organs are very difficult to transport to small rural communities. And so it became uh, typical to teach people how to play the accordion. And so when we, even now when we visit small rural communities, uh, it's often a charango, maybe a mandolin and, and an accordion um, that accompanies uh, the music. And also um, in the background of this song, I, um, I chose a, uh, 
a group called um, that's called a pandero uh, worship, um, and it's a dance that uh, many churches, especially in the tropical region of the country, um, will implement. Uh, it's uh, women with um, dresses and often flags or tambourines that will dance along to the music as as a form of worship. And so I've tried to implement these different things to give you uh, a picture of what worship in Bolivia is like. Um, also, one other thing. Often Quechua, um, traditional Quechua singing is very high and nasally, and it sounds beautiful when it's done well, and I cannot do it well. So I did not attempt <laughs> um, to emulate that kind of singing um, in this song, but uh, I hope that you enjoy. I've translated the lyrics um, so that you can uh, read along and understand the words as they're sung. Hello, I'm Mulevindan Manaharan. I'm a Dalit Christian from South India. There are very few photos or videos from my community, so I chose I would speak for them. Dalit is currently the self-designation of the Indian outcasts. The term Dalit means broken, the torn, the rent, the burst, the split, the bisected, the drive driven ascender, the downtrodden, the crushed, the destroyed. Arvin Nirmal, the forerunner of Dalit theology, argues Jesus himself was a Dalit. Jesus identifies with the Dalits of his day, and in his Nazareth manifesto, he promised liberation for the princess. The church I mostly attended in India is not much different from the Western style of worship, although the women covered their heads. There was a tea every week after the worship service on Sundays, and the church ate lunch together once a month. There were overnight fasting prayers on the second Friday. Christmas was the time when the teams formed from the congregation visited different places and the different homes of different people from different backgrounds. They were church attending people, but both, but those who were not saved, the friends of those who were not saved, the local authorities, and so on and so forth. New Year's Eve was celebrated in the church, welcoming the new year in the presence of the Lord. People from different working backgrounds were present in the congregation, and the Dalits still comprise of 80% of the congregation. Still, they were treated differently, but the joy of Christ presided over the hearts of our communities. I mean, who would not celebrate coming from the bottom of the social structure and the social socioeconomic status? to becoming the children of God. Another significant experience is when I started attending a tribal church. They are the indigenous people uh, from whom I have my own roots. They didn't know wheat or rice, so they, made, they had a pancake, a dish made of, out of barley for their communion bread. They also had water instead of the juice. The local inspector got saved when he reminded a few such Dalits in his police station. They were usually falsely acquitted, just like most Dalits in South India. This happened when they were singing while, sing while sitting in their shared cells. The inspector was confused about how they could do this while undergoing such praying from the beatings. Then each voiced out 
what they knew about Christ and how their identities are changed from their own understanding, taking turns as they could neither read nor write. So the inspector started having them as his emotional support. And about after six months, he said, I want to follow this Jesus. I'll be reading a passage from Mark in the South Indian language, Tamil, Mark 7, 24 to 30. பின்பு அவர் எழுந்து அவ்விடம் விட்டு புறப்பட்டு தீரு சீதோன் பட்டணங்களின் எல்லைகளில் போய் ஒரு வீட்டுக்குள் பிரவேசித்து ஒருவரும் அதை அறியாதிருக்க விரும்பியும் அவர் மறைவாய் இருக்க கூடாமற் போயிற்று அசுத்த ஆவி பிடித்திருந்த ஒரு சிறு பெண்ணின் தாயாகிய ஒரு ஸ்திரீ அவரை குறித்து கேள்விப்பட்டு வந்து அவர் பாதத்தில் விழுந்தாள் அந்த ஸ்திரீ சீரோபேனிக்கியா தேசத்தாளாகிய கிரேக்க ஸ்திரீயாய் இருந்தாள் அவள் தன் மகளை பிடித்திருந்த பிசாசை துருத்திவிட வேண்டும் என்று அவரை வேண்டிக் கொண்டாள் இயேசு அவளை நோக்கி முந்தி பிள்ளைகள் திருப்தி அடையட்டும் பிள்ளைகளின் அப்பத்தை எடுத்து நாய்க்குட்டிகளுக்கு போடுகிறது நல்லதல்ல என்றார் அதற்கு அவள் மெய்தான் ஆண்டவரே ஆகிலும் மேஜையின் கீழ் இருக்கும் நாய்க்குட்டிகள் பிள்ளைகள் சிந்துகிற துணிக்கைகளை தின்னட்டுமே என்றார் அப்பொழுது அவர் நீ சொன்ன அந்த வார்த்தையின் நிமித்தம் போகலாம் பிசாசு உன் மகளை விட்டு நீங்கி போயிற்று என்றார் அவள் தன் வீட்டை தன் வீட்டுக்கு வந்த பொழுது பிசாசு போய்விட்டதையும் தன் மகள் கட்டிலில் படுத்திருக்கிறதையும் கண்டாள் ஐ ஆல்சோ வாண்ட் டு ரீட் அனதர் போயம் விச் வாஸ் பப்ளிஷ்ட் இன் நைன்டீன் who entered her empty room for some unknown reason. And the door was locked outside three days later. When the deal was clinched, our house was sold. We exchanged the keys for money. The new owner was shown each room. And in one of the rooms, we found the corpse of the dog. I have never heard that dog bark. I only remember the smell of its corpse. Though the poet here maintains an ambivalence as to whether the poem refers to the paraya, as the title indicates, or to a stray dog per se, no such ambivalence prevails in the South Indian situation where the term dogs are used as metaphors for Dalit communities. In South India, there is a somewhat dexterously, maliciously conjoining of these two references. Thus, Dalits and dogs could be spoken of as being part of the same reference. This has its roots in the notion that Dalits are less than human and ought to be kept outside of the contours of the societal household, just as dogs are to be kept outside of the living space of the human household. Pertinent parallels can be drawn between the actions of the women in the Gospel of Mark crossing boundaries of social semiotics and the cultural ideology of the Dalits. Dalit thinkers have as part of the process of liberation, considered constant attacks and conscious infringement of the semiotics of caste order as an important component of, the, of their counter-ideology. The seemingly harsh refusal of the side of Phoenician women's request is to be read not as a racial insult, but as a, but as a provocative challenge of the women's faith.
Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Rachel, and I'm a student here at ADC. Um, so I was born in the southern part of India, but um, moved to Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, and lived there all my life. Um, yeah, uh, so I was asked to talk about my worship right back home. It's really no different than here, like at the chapel, the songs we sing, and even at church. Uh, but then I wanted to, I was thinking, what should I do? Should I read uh, like a scripture portion in Hindi or Arabic or but then I was like, oh, no, the intonation and the pronunciation <laughs> might not be that great. So I just wanted to share my personal testimony. Um, yeah, so um, my mom was born uh, like in a Hindu home. So she had to follow the, the religion of Hinduism. And my dad was Roman Catholic. And uh, yeah, um, so after they got married and uh, I remember I was five years old when I could witness their own baptism. See, they gave their lives to the Lord. Uh, you know, like uh, it was it was really hard because coming from two different backgrounds, right? Like, and even for the first five years of my life, I remember like I was really like, um, you know, how do I worship a thousand gods, right? At the same time, like it's, it's so weird and so like different, like the God of the wind and the God of uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, and at the same time, we would also have an altar at home, uh, you know, and I would see a picture of Jesus. So uh, it was really confusing, but then um, the Lord really worked in our hearts and, uh, you know, uh, completely uh, removed all the doubts and questions and we no longer follow like Hinduism or Catholicism, but we worship the one true living God. And we are so grateful for that. And um, yeah, like I, I never take it for granted, right? Like when, whenever we have like a worship, uh, you know, or, or even in church, just singing to the Lord, uh, you know, the freedom of worshiping the one true living God, I think that's amazing. And um, gives me goosebumps just to think that, you know, God completely removed those generational curses of a thousand false gods and, uh, you know, idols that, that can see but can't like, uh, you know, really see the truth and have ears but can't hear and all of that. So I'm just very grateful to um, worship the Lord, the one true living God, Jesus. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Alani Iko. I am second year MD students here in ADC. With me today is... My name is Tosin. Matthew Opainka. Yeah, we are all from the Southwest of the most populous nation, a black nation in the world, Nigeria. Yeah. And uh, we decided to wear our traditional attire to give you a sense of what we wear back home. And uh, we have two songs to present to you today. Uh, let me quickly give you a background of our style of worship back home. It's quite expressive. We like to sing, we like to dance a lot. We'll give you a bit of that this morning so that uh, we are doing this to magnify the name of Jesus. So we have uh, two songs to sing this morning. The very first one talks about 
Ogonifu Oluwa, glory be to the name of God, glory be to our good God. So Matthew will be drumming while my servant Jose will sing. There we go. One, two, go. second song this morning is called Igwe, meaning uh, king. Uh, the lyric says, Kusobabire, there is no king like God. So the lyrics, uh, the English translation will be on the screen for you to follow. Here we go. Oh, God. 
Amen. Oh, this was good. This was so good. Um, the last thing that we're going to incorporate uh, in closing is a recognition of the Acadian culture that is also here um, in Nova Scotia and in the Maritimes. Um, so I am going to do the Lord's Prayer in French, and then I'll invite you to do it with me in English after I do that, and then Anna can come up and close. Let's pray together. Notre Père qui est aux cieux, que ton nom soit sanctifié, que ton règne vienne, que ta volonté soit faite sur la terre comme au ciel. Donne-nous aujourd'hui notre pain de ce jour. Pardonne-nous nos offenses, comme nous pardonnons aussi à ceux qui nous ont offensés. Et ne nous sommes pas à la tentation, mais délivre-nous du mal, car c'est à toi qui appartient la reine, la puissance et la gloire au siècle des siècles. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. really need a mic but thank you Catherine for the vision for that and making that a reality to everyone who participated thank you for leading us I hope this isn't the only time we'll hear from any of you because we would love to carry that on into our worship into the next term and our, the following years we are we are a, a wonderful community of fellowship and we want to know who you really are the culture that you bring the songs that you sing what gives your heart joy because we know that the world is in pain this is not an easy time to be alive in many places in the world. And uh, we, and yet we have had as our theme as a college this term, this idea of joy. And how can we choose joy when the world's in so much pain? Well, we know we choose joy because the light of Christ has come into the world to walk with us in the pain and the difficulty and to share that journey with us. And we know that that joy then is kindled up in our own hearts to know that it's deeper than circumstance. It's deeper than what we're facing in any given moment. It's something that is for eternity that wells up within us, regardless of what it is we've gone through or are going through. And so thank you for ending on this note of joy. Let us carry that with us into the coming days 
as we head into the Christmas season, when we recognize the light of Christ entering the world, the God who could have been far away and stayed far away from all of us, decided to enter this world as a baby, to experience humanity, to walk the path of humanity all the way through the pain and death of the cross. But we know that that was not the end of the story. And it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And so as we enter into the Christmas season, let's worship him wholeheartedly with that joy that he kindles deep within our hearts. And I pray a blessing on us today that the almighty God who has poured upon us the new light of his incarnate word, that he would grant that the same light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth to others in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs> Please join us for lunch uh, upstairs. Um, we are happy to have you eat with us. Um, you will see a place where you can pay for that. If you're able to pay, please pay. But look, if you if that is a struggle for you, we just want your company for lunch. And so please don't even think of that. Come and join us, eat with us, fellowship with us. We want you there uh, more than we need that, that cash. But if you're able to pay, pay, right? So, so and, if, and there's no embarrassment if you can't. Because some people, like I pay at the beginning of term, for the whole term so I just walk past the basket I you know and so nobody knows if you paid or not paid you just come and be with us um, and that's what we want um, and so let's give thanks for the food Lord we thank you for the fellowship that you give us in Jesus Christ and through the presence and power of your Holy Spirit and so bless our time together as we fellowship as we eat please make us mindful of those who do not have these blessings today that we might be people who share the resources that you have entrusted to us as stewards of your kingdom. And so we commit this time to you with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Amen. We give our thanks to Stuart also for leading the chapel as uh, the Dean of Chapel this term. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, we're, we're, fired, we're fired up now. <laughs> we're fired up now. Um, Stuart will be going on sabbatical and so we'll miss you next term, Stuart. <laughs> And we, but we rejoice with you. Um, Spencer will be leading the chapel, and so no pressure at all, Spencer, but uh, we're, <laughs> we're with you and looking forward to that. A little bit more muted applause for that one, but <laughs> sorry, my brother. Um, <laughs> and I want to thank John and Alex and those who have served on tech. I know Matthew's been part of that and others um, who have been serving that. And for those of you who have been joining us online this term, it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to connecting with you again next term. What was that? Okay. Um, let's enjoy lunch together, folks. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.